This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Don't forget to get every episode of Longhorn Blitz anywhere you get your podcast. Just search Horns 24-7 podcast to get every episode of the flagship state of recruiting and Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to like us and leave us a five-star review. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst here on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? I'm doing okay. My computer keeps doing something weird. Every time I turn it on in the morning, it tells me TweetDeck is trying to download something. So, I don't know. I probably got a virus or something on here. But I think it has good days and bad days like us all. Yeah, I gotta gotta clean that up. Machines uh, need to be more consistent, or like uh, like a lot of like a good portion of this fan base, a lot more bad days than good lately. Uh, and we'll get into that. Uh, a man who knows he knows about good days and bad days, but he tries to turn every day into a good day because he's a Renaissance man. A lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thank you very much, brother. We are laughing before we uh, started rolling. I'm wearing my UTEP football sweatshirt. Yeah, that's family, man. Yeah, my buddy on the UTEP staff hooked me up with this, and when he sent it to me, I was like, when am I ever going to wear a sweatshirt? And Look, lo and behold, today it's 40 degrees outside, and this is the Perfect. warmest warmest thing in my closet. I don't care what school's on the front of it. I'm nice and toasty. It looks brand right new. Now. It is pretty it much. Looks brand, like it, it looks, looks soft. Like, I love brand new sweats because yeah, it, it has like that fluff on it. just ripped the tag. It. it looks brand new. Have you ever worn it before? No, nah, my, my okay. wife has worn it around the house uh, a couple yeah. times. Uh, jammies. Yeah, man, but uh, no, nah, I'm wearing it today, and I'm nice and toasty. Um, let's uh, let's show the coaching stuff just Put that on the back yes, burner right now. That's refreshing. Please. Um, makes sense. Let's talk about just some roster movement, roster construction. So oh, football stuff. Uh, what was the last opt-out we discussed on the show? The Chris Brown thing hadn't happened yet, right? When no, we Chris Brown hadn't happened. Right. I believe the, at that point it was Cosme. Cosme and Stearns was it? Well, Stearns okay. were it. So yeah. Chris Brown has opted out uh, as a fifth-year senior. He could have come back 
for an extra year of eligibility with the NCAA freezing mm-hmm. eligibility. But as a fifth-year senior, there's really no point in Chris Brown coming back. It's an, it's a, Rod, you know, it's an age thing when you're talking about getting into the NFL and, and getting your foot in the door. Yeah, so. and they called him in, they called him OG around there too. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> nice. Everybody made fun of him as the old man over there, and he was trending in the perfect direction. I mean, he peaked. I'm not gonna say he like peaked, but he, he could have came back and obviously I think been a better player. But I think it's right now he's kind of peaking at the perfect time for him to make that ascent to the NFL. And I thought uh, his last game was a Longhorn because he's opted out of the bowl game. He's going to play. Uh, he's going to go ahead and get ready for the NFL draft. I thought his last game was a Longhorn. Uh, uh, it was kind of typical the kind of year mm-hmm. he's had. It was. 11 tackles, had a broke up a touchdown with a nice PBU down in the red zone. So just a pretty. Were they solo tackles too? Were they all solo? Uh, some weird, some freaky stat like that. that I want to say Rod, something yeah, like that. That's his profile. He's one of the only people that can tackle Deuce Vaughn. I do. <laughs> yes, Rod, actually you're right. 12 right? tackles, all of them solo. And that, that, that fits so his to your point. Yes. It, That's it, it exactly was a what he is. Chris Brown game. Because if not for him, you could argue Texas. Could be that game could have came tight because he was one of the people that actually could put an end to Chris, put you know stop stop Deuce Vaughn. I'll say this though to Chris Brown's um, to, to compliment him, all right, and to his credit, before maybe two years ago when we brought in that great class of DBs, right, Caden Stearns and B.J. Foster and Overshone and all those Jamie guys, right, one of the greatest oh, defensive Jamerson. back classes in the history of recruiting. Mm-hmm. If 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 you had Asked Longhorn fans, including myself, to predict who was going to be the best player in that secondary in 2020. Nobody, nope. nobody, including myself, who is historian of DBU, would have predicted it would have been Chris Brown. And that was the truth. He's the mm-hmm. best player in that secondary in 2020, hands down. Actually, I don't know if it was that close either. He was consistent all yeah. year long. I don't, I don't remember him really having a bad game. Yeah. And Pro Football Focus had him at one point as the third highest graded safety in college football at one point during the season. I don't know if that stayed true the whole time, but, I mean, that's how good he was. So I'll give him a lot of props, man, as a member of DBU. Very impressive, Chris Brown. Yeah, on the season he finished on the team as the second uh, mm-hmm. highest graded behind Taquan Graham and just ahead of Joseph Osaif. So, uh, Longhorns, he's right there, and he's that type of guy, like you're saying, with the solo tackles. Like that's exactly sort of what Texas we've been asking for. Because when the safety misses a solo tackle, that's normally going really far. You're going to end up having a score, especially even in the nickel or anything along those lines. He's the type of guy that, when you look at like offensively, you talked about Deuce Vaughn, and you and I were texting about how crazy Bijan's numbers have been and how many he made guys miss in the second level, and that's how he gets his explosives. And if you you have a Chris Brown, that's the type of guy that can prevent those things from happening. Yeah. And you look at, even I was looking back at some highlights from, I think it was the LSU game, and he was like, it, it just stood out to me that we sort of took him, not necessarily for granted because there were struggles, and he even had struggles, mm-hmm. but he really, at the latter half of his career, turned it on whenever everybody wasn't expecting as much because, like you were saying, mm-hmm. that big old class that came in. Yeah. To y'all's point, uh, when you talk about pro football focus and how they view Chris Brown, Consider how high his grade was, and I caught this the other day. Uh, they ranked all the secondaries in FBS, Rod. You want to take a wild guess where Texas comes in right now? Ooh. Oh, man. Um, I'll give you a hit. Because of the not, corners. It's, it's gonna not be, good. You have to say because of the corners, it's going to be low. Okay, so I'm going to say, then the safeties, though, bring it up pretty high. Every every school in college football, we talking about one hundred and thirty. How many? How yeah. many? One hundred thirty or whatever. One twenty-seven. Okay, one twenty-seven or whatever. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. 
Ooh, ooh, 65. You're not that far oh. off. I'm on 73. Oh. Yeah, man, that spot. That's perfect. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking, like, I mean, they're yeah. not I, in the Big 12, so that would put them. I'm trying to see in the Big 12 where to put them. Uh, ooh, there's some decent secondaries in the Big 12. Yeah. They might be fifth. Seventh in the Big 12. Uh, seventh, okay. Yeah, because TCU, West Virginia, mm-hmm. Kansas State, Oklahoma State. So Kansas, Kansas State's State. just ahead of Texas. They got Rather Oklahoma's ahead of them, too? Yeah. See, that's I'm what scrolling. I. They got on. Oklahoma's ahead of them. Yeah, well. Hey, Oklahoma did get better, but it's mostly because of pass rush. I don't know if it's because of the secondary, but I guess that it, that does improve the. Coverage. If you look at just say overall coverage, not necessarily secondaries, but in the Big Twelve, West Virginia finished one right now. Yeah. TCU's number nine in the nation. Oklahoma State's number ten in the nation. Iowa State's twenty. So you're talking four of the top twenty teams in the nation right there. And Texas a bit ways down. I have to change my okay. filter. No, the no, more no, they no, no. You, you've got it. a rod. You got Oklahoma, Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. at nineteen. Baylor, uh, yeah, okay, Oklahoma, no, that Oklahoma makes sense. 19, then TCU at nine, Texas and coverage West Virginia 93rd. at five, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State three. Yeah, I don't know where Iowa State is. Okay. And the company you keep saying like Bob coverage. Euchre that's seen in major league was like, I can't find it to hell with it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, Chris Brown, best of luck in your uh, your football. Oh, he's season. an NFL player. Yeah, no doubt. No, no, no. That guy's an NFL player. He will. Well, you get drafted is the question because of the safety position. The safety, you know, Caden Stearns is going to get drafted late. You know who will get drafted first, Caden Stearns or Chris Brown? On film, Chris Brown is considered a better player. Yeah, this Kane is the Mikael Thompson, Quandre Diggs debate all over again. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah. Remember how high draft Coach Aquino was on Mikael Thompson? Love some... Mikael Thompson. Love and, and, and you know what? That was echoed. That sentiment was echoed in the NFL. They loved Mikael Thompson because of the. You know, the, oh, uh, the physical metrics. Him, I think. Yeah, he was long. Right? He looked like a Legion of Boom corner, pretty much. Mm-hmm. He kind of looked like like Houghton Hill. I mean, obviously, it's just a long range. And he was a track star, too. So they loved that. Quandre Diggs was short and stout. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he had great instincts, had football pedigree because, he, you know, his brother was Quentin Jammer, who I played with. And he was still one of the best safeties in the league. But I believe Mikael Thompson was drafted ahead of Quandre Diggs. He was. Yeah. Around okay. higher. Around higher. Around higher. And I'm telling you, I think Caden Stearns is going to get drafted ahead of Chris Brown. Now, I'm not saying in the league that Chris Brown's going to be a better player than Caden Stearns. But, man, the last two years, Chris Brown's been a better player than Caden Stearns. By mm-hmm. far most consistent. Caden Stearns was a better player his freshman year, but the last two years, Chris Brown has been a better safety on the 40 acres than Caden Stearns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't want to hear that, but that's true. That's but true. the draft don't care about Texas that. Most Texas fans these days, <laughs> they uh, would say that, too. I've been surprised oh, yeah. to see how much, uh, uh, how upset they've been at players this season. At yeah. least, by the way, Rod. Hypothetical. I'm not saying he's been bad. I'm just saying mm, he's been bad. Well, I've heard that he's just been bad. Okay, Texas fans. Well, no, because Pro Football Focus had him graded really low at one point too. They had him in the 90s or something. That's at one point. What, Rod? Hypothetically, what would it sound like if you and Coach Aquino are walking back to Moncrief from the practice field and? He's trying to sell you on how good Mikel Thompson is. <laughs> <laughs> he did do this. Babies, I'm telling you, man, he's got that Thorpe window over him, babes. He's got that Thorpe window over him. If I can get Mikel Thompson to put it all together, I'm telling you, he's going to be a first-round pick. He's going to be a first-round pick, babies. And I'm like, all right. All right, Coach. I, 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 <laughs> I, I believe in you, Coach. So if you tell me that, then I believe it. 
but you know, put it all together. I will say this: remember that he got corrective eye, uh, like eye, eye surgery. LASIK surgery or something. Yep. He, he started wearing contacts. Oh, was it that? Was it yeah. that? Or something? I know it's something. His senior then, year when he played well and he played better. Yeah. So but maybe it was season. just maybe that was. So like you could like, see the leaves on the trees. Yeah, it's like and I, and I love James Mc- Winston got the surgery recently. And I love so. Mikel. I love Mikel, but he was like, "Yeah, I don't think that's big of a, that's it's doing that big of a difference." I'm like, "Well, if you were playing before, you couldn't see. You should know, and that. now you can track the ball." Yeah, I think it does make a pretty big difference. I remember bringing this. it up back then, that. and it's a totally different. But I remember as a little kid, I got glasses in like second grade. But the reason why, my dad was like, he quit hitting the baseball. You got to go get his eyes checked. And literally, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't hit a baseball anymore. And then I left the eye doctor, had glasses on, and I told my mom, I was like, you can see the leaves on the trees. Because no! like I, I just saw the green bump. You know, I didn't see all the details. That's so crazy. That's it's sort that, of similar. That's crazy. People always say that, too. That's literally in the commercial. Yeah, so Tom Herman says that. Matt yeah, Brown used to say it. <laughs> yeah. I can see the leaves on the trees. Well, and looking at Chris Brown, since I had the numbers up, uh, oh. just to round that out, he ended up being targeted 22 times, given up only 11 receptions, and it was an NFL passer rating of 63.4 when targeted this year. That's really good. good like you said, Rod, nobody would have predicted it, but yeah, Chris Brown was the best player in that secondary. You could argue year. best player on the team. Yeah. That's an argument to Fine. be made. Yeah. I mean, as far as impact, I think a lot of people would take Joseph Osai, Joseph, who we'll course, get to yeah. here in just a second. Agreed. Uh, but but just yeah, Chris Brown's in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, Rod, let's go to the defensive line, not Joseph Osai, but to Quan Graham. Similar deal to Chris Brown, was a true senior, though. Could have come back for a fifth year. Chose not to. He's going to skip the bowl game. He's going to go ahead and get ready for the draft. And I said this last year with Malcolm Roach. I thought Malcolm Roach had a chance to get drafted, but I liked his chance. And this is before we knew that COVID was just going to completely wreck the NFL offseason. And it, it says a lot that in the worst year to be an undrafted free agent, for you to go make a roster, a roster for a legitimate Super Bowl contender. That says a lot about who Malcolm Roach is as a football player. Yep. And I thought he was going to get an extra look because at some point, when you look at what Puna Ford's done in the league, you look at what Charles who's done in the league, and now Malcolm Roach making a roster, at some point teams are going to start to say, you know what, Texas is doing a pretty good job producing defensive linemen, and we've been getting them in the bargain bin, so let's take a closer look at Player X. Mm-hmm. I think Player X is probably going to be in Taquan Graham, Rod. I don't know where he's going to get drafted. I'm thinking probably in that day three mix mm-hmm. somewhere, probably around five, six. But still, that's he's he's going to get a decent chance to go make an NFL roster. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's going to have to do, yes, he's got some good film. Yes, he put together stretches where he was really good. But I think teams around the league are going to start looking at Texas and saying they got to be doing something right with their defensive linemen. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know what give Oscar Giles some credit, man. Oscar Giles, mm-hmm. what I don't know which regime you're gonna look at, but around here, man, he's been getting it done. Now you look at all the defensive linemen that he can, you know, take credit for helping develop and helping produce here at Texas. I mean, here's the I'll start the list. It's Brian, uh, you know, B. Rob, Henry Melton, Arakpo, Crowder, Achel, Sam Achel, Sergio Kendall, Alex Okafor, Jeff Kell, Puna Ford. Ed Oliver, Charles Amenahu, Joseph Osai, Taquan Graham, probably. I mean, that list is getting. And throw Roach in there. And throw Roach in there. Yeah, my bad. I'm missing one, too. So, 
I, I give Oscar Joss some credit. I agree with everything you said, too, about now what used to be kind of a value um, pickup for NFL teams. Now they're looking at it going, hey, man, let's, let's, look, let's take a harder look at this guy. Maybe he's worthy of us drafting them around higher or giving them a higher round grade uh, because there is something happening in the pipeline there from Texas. Yeah. And maybe it, Oscar Giles is, is a part of that. I'll also say this about Squan Graham. It helped Charles Amenahu. I think it, it helped Malcolm Roach, the diversity, because he, he went from the outside to the inside. Proved, he was actually the best rush defender uh, on that defensive line. It wasn't Joseph side. I believe he was a higher run defender grade, was he? I, I'll I, pull it up. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I, 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 the last time I looked, and that was – during the season, he was. And he's, he's had a, a fantastic season, but he moved from the outside to the inside. That's going to help him in the NFL. It helped Joseph. Sorry, it helped Joseph Osai. It will help Joseph Osai because he also was very versatile. But it helped Charles Amenahu and it helped Malcolm Roach. The NFL teams love that because that also manufactures depth for them. They can move those, those guys around. Yeah, Taekwon by far the, the top for the team at 84.1. Osai was at 81.1. So you got a handful inside there when you look at yeah. it. And like you brought up the handful of names and we've seen them and even another one that was the old show favorite Hassan Ridgeway with the Eagles like he tore his yeah like you know like you got random guys from all over he played the first seven games for the Eagles and then tore his biceps so Texas has had some value bin guys and he's one of those super value bin guys the guys like Omina who you see what he's doing out there that's killing yeah exactly and Puna killed it since day one so it's a good spot for Texas to be talent wise but it's sort of something that we came or noticed and started talking about like three or four years ago it's like not the, the nfl players are there they're just bargain bin and the right teams are finding them right now mm-hmm. uh let's go to joseph osai and <laughs> rod it became as we were kind of hearing it at horns 24 7 how things were evolving with joseph osai and his thought process my only question was is he going to play in the bowl game or not because it was pretty I, I think once the oklahoma state game happened the clock was ticking on his time on the 40 acres. I think everybody kind of knew mm-hmm. if you're if you got the potential to be a first round pick, that probability exists. You you go take that and go run with it. Yep. Oh yeah, I God, think, I think I most fans that. knew like at the beginning of the season or in the off season that type of game right there though was one that it made everybody that was like, eh, I'm not sure if I'm sold on him." Everybody's bought in 100% on Osai at that point. That's when everybody a got a first round grade on exactly. that. You if you didn't, that's when you flipped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't so want to be that guy. It was deserved at the end of last year, but at that point, then to just show it again and then on those stages in a game that most of the nation saw, that's just exactly what you want if you're trying to get drafted. We knew that, but yes. the nation, nation didn't really didn't. know that. Mm-hmm. Right. So the last time Todd McShay did a big board at ESPN.com, he had Joseph Osai number 32 overall. Okay. Mel Kuyper said after the Oklahoma State game, he said his next big board update, Osai, is going to be in the top 25. Uh, Matt Miller at Bleacher Report, the last mock draft he did at Bleacher Report uh, was after the NFL trade deadline. He had Joseph Osai going in the middle of the first round, said mm-hmm. Osai's the best player, not just defensive player. He said Joseph Osai's been the best player in the Big 12 from an, an NFL standpoint this year. Ooh. So, yeah, the, uh, the, the folks who cover the draft, Rod, we'll see, again, we'll see where the scouts and the front office people are yep. as we get closer to the draft. But at least those who cover the draft, the, the arrow for Joseph Osai is for sure pointing up. And a lot of it goes back to that Oklahoma State game. I think everybody saw kind of the tools he had all year, knew. To Matt's point, I think that Utah game kind of put him on the map just in terms of the kind of presence he can be. Once the Oklahoma State game happened, I think that was just more of a – I think for the people who cover the draft, it was more of a confirmation uh, than a revelation mm. of, about the kind of prospect he is. Yeah, um, I, I I think he's. I thought he'd be defensive player of the year in the Big Twelve. 
Um, but being the first round pick, I know he was bordering on that, but I think once he solidified, it's the trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. Once you, you look at the first start he had, I think it was Kansas in 2018. And then the next start is the bowl game, I believe. And yeah. that bowl game, he has a great bowl game versus Georgia. Let, let him in tackles. Yeah, in Georgia. And it was like, oh, man, he might be something here. And then he has a, that 2019 season, I think you just saw him become a playmaker in a lot of different ways. But then that bowl game, Again, I mean, I love that the stat, and this is when he has these great games. That you, that game, that Utah game, where he has six tackles for loss. It was the first player in twenty years to register at least six tackles for loss in a bowl game. And then you fast forward to the Oklahoma State game, and then you have the Ndamukong Su stat, which I love hmm. that he was the first Power Five player uh, since Ndamukong Su in '09 in the Big Twelve title game with at least twelve tackles, six tackles for loss, three sacks in a game. Uh, those guys, Ndamukong Su and Joseph Sai, are only are two of only six FBS players since two thousand to register that stat line. But of course, they are the only Power Five players to do it. So it's a first power foul player and second power foul player to do it in the last 20 years. So it's it's unbelievable where he kind of puts himself in that rarefied air. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've got all these opt-outs, Rod. And let's go ahead and, and just throw one more out there that's, you know, we'd heard about it at Horns 24-7 and we'd written about it a little bit and mentioned it as a possibility and now it's starting to leak out there. Uh, Clarence Hill from the Fort Worth Star Telegram, I'll credit Clarence for the news, uh, reported today that uh, as we sit here and record this podcast, that uh, that Brennan Eagles is leaning toward entering the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, and I'll, I found Clarence's tweet. Sorry for stalling there. Per league sources, Texas receiver Brennan Eagles is weighing his NFL options and leaning toward declaring for the 2021 NFL draft. His size and speed are intriguing to scouts. Will be another huge loss for Texas in 2021. The departures are staggering. Yeah, in terms of numbers, they are. But I think the three underclassmen, we kind of figured that's where they were they were headed. You know, you look at the seniors. Uh, you know, there's at the at this point with COVID right in this season, I, I'm willing to give guys a pass. Look, you you've been hanging out on campus since June, just trying to and, and doing all this stuff right. It's, the cheese it bowl to these guys or whatever. It's it's not going to matter whatever bowl game Texas is in. They've they've done. They they paid their dues. They mm-hmm. did what they could for the program. I'm not going to hold that against them. Uh, but before we get to that, because I want your take on that, am I crazy thinking Brendan Eagles shouldn't really be entertaining the idea of going pro? Because I don't think Rod, I don't think he's going to get drafted. And he is technically a junior. He's a true junior. Yeah. And of course, they have a blanket eligibility right now, so right. it doesn't matter. I, I I I don't know who's advising him. The wide receiver position, I've been saying this for a long time, is the deepest position in football. Mm-hmm. We saw little Jordan Humphrey have one of the greatest seasons in the history of Texas football for a wide receiver and go undrafted to the NFL. So I don't know who's advising Brendan Eagles, but I would advise him to come back. And, you know, I'm all about the players going to get theirs and getting mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But I it's don't think he's trending in the right direction. And I, I think wide receiver, man, it's just, it's just way too deep of a position for him to go out there and just make himself a part of the herd because that's what he would be right now. Yeah, because like wide receiver the last couple of years, we've just seen it become deeper and deeper, and you can really find uh, diamonds in the rough, but literally you can find guys with elite tools, and yep. you can find them multiple 
couple rounds right. down, which used to be like, yeah, if you're looking a decade ago, Brandon Eagles would probably get drafted, a big body receiver from Texas. He yeah. doesn't have any faults, but he doesn't have anything that's really elite. And that's what you need is the difference in just having average to maybe some type of potential in the NFL to then being yeah, non-elite, that's a huge deal. And he's the type of guy that coming into the year, you heard a few things about his potential at the next level, but then you wouldn't think that he'd be leaving early. Luckily, from the verbiage from what you just read, though, at least it says Brennan Eagles is leaning towards it. It doesn't say anybody's advising him or that the NFL, you know, whenever you do get to have your little committee oh, I know. thing. I'm just what saying, saying, like, he's, he's, he's... I agree with you fully. I'm just saying somebody should be advising him, yes. and they should be advising him to come back to school. Yes. Because as you pointed out, he's not elite in anything. Nope. And at that point, I think that conversation still may happen because it sounds like Brennan Eagles is leaning towards it. Maybe we'll find out what the news is once he either declares or doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Johnson got drafted in what, the sixth round? Mm Mm-hmm. And doing really good. And he had an elite he had elite skill, like yes. an elite tool. And, and a lot of body is nearing elite, but that's it. I know a lot of the, a lot of Texas fans, and and we're not knocking Brennan Eagles. I'm not dogging him. I'm just no, I'm, not I'm just being objective, looking yeah, at trying the situation. to objectively see what I'm I'm looking at when I watch him play and looking at his skill set. A lot of Texas fans want to make the DK Metcalf comparisons just because of a guy with elite, <laughs> no, elite no. straight line speed and size, but I don't. And nowhere even near the size. <laughs> I barely got DK Metcalf's name out of my mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rod, you should make the Aaron. Gl- I was an Aaron Glenn comparison then. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. Just because I'm short. I- but he's not. I mean, that's not Rod. How the six four two twenty nines molded is very wow. different. I think. I think you're. Well, you and I are the same page, Rod. I, yeah, I look at Brennan Eagles. Crazy. I don't. I don't see that's DK not Metcalf. It, people. No, that ain't it. That no. that's not the comparison. No. Um, and I, it, DK Metcalf is e- elite in a lot. Of, he has a lot of elite tools. What's Brennan Eagles' elite tool? Give it to me. Straight line speed. He can't get off a bump and run, though. Well, okay. So well, maybe you need to worry about your straight line speed. <laughs> if he can measure right. I would never have to worry about your straight line right. speed because you can't really get off Because DK bump and Metcalf run. can get off butt and run and he, has. Bump and run. Seems, he prefers it. Yes. He wants you to bump and run him. He's, he's so damn powerful. Yeah. You, Dude. If no. you're 6'4, 230 and can't get off bump yeah. and run, then that's going to be a hard that's starter. Lil Jordan Humphrey went undrafted. Colin Johnson got drafted in the sixth round. Do the math. That's all I'll say. I'm, not, I'm just telling you a bit. Do the math. And those guys. Most of most of Brennan. Now, now I think where people get enamored with Brennan Eagles is they go back to some of the testing numbers he posted in high school. But Rod, you know some of those numbers don't translate by the time you get to the league. Number one and number two, you can get caught up in like the yards per catch and and the explosive plays. And he's got those numbers. Those numbers are there. But we talked about on the show a lot of the shot plays for him. They were schemed up. Like you're you're putting somebody Mm -hmm. in motion. You're you're Mm -hmm. getting a favorable matchup. It's the right coverage. It's not like. When I see Brennan Eagles, I don't see Roy Williams where it's just like, hey, just throw it up and Ford's going to go run under it or he'll out-jump somebody. Yeah. I mean, and Devin DuVernay went, what, fourth round or third? Uh, third. third? Third round. And that guy had one of the great, <laughs> greatest seasons, uh, and not just for a long one for a uh, receiver. And but, he was yeah, ready-made for NFL production. And he the was way his and, and versatile as hell, too. I was going to say, that, all these guys had elite tools. And I guess the straight line speed is an elite tool for him, but he has not refined it enough where he can be a force multiplier on his own. Like you just pointed out, and you did a very great job of it, right? He's got to be schemed open. I can think of four or five plays right now, his big plays. The that touchdown were, of the TCU game, the touchdown of the Oklahoma State game was mm-hmm. one. Yep, no doubt. 
Yeah, so I'm saying like it's he hasn't done a lot of that. Even in the, the two point conversion against Texas Tech. When he went off against Iowa State, we know now they were targeting a corner. They were targeting one specific corner. And when they switched that corner and took the other guy and put him on Brandon Eagle's side, he had one catch. He had one target now, one catch, but they realized I uh, he's not wide open yeah. against this guy. We can't do it. And I have gotten confirmation, Rod, that game plan was opponent-specific. Like yeah. Mike Yersich went in that game knowing, hey, look, shots are going to be there. We can take him today. Yeah, this guy, we've seen him. He can be beat. I don't know why he's still out there. So they went after that. And that, that and that's great scheming, but like I said, that's scheme. Um, so, I, you know, I wish him the best, but, man, it's it's hard out there for a receiver. It's tough these yeah, guys. Like, you're gonna have, this, one, this year's draft <clears throat> is so top-heavy. Oh, yeah. And if you're, you're going to be looking at a guy like Eagles when he had faults, like we were just talking about it two weeks ago, his drop issues last season with nine of them, and we were saying, oh, you know, and I, I was laughing during the K-State game when it was happening because you're like, man, but one thing he's improved this year was he only had one drop, and then he had two drops against K-State, the most recent games. So yeah. those are the type of things that, like, if you go out there now, maybe who knows if he grades out because there are those combine superstars. And if the say those measurables are really there and he gets in great shape and can just be a combine superstar, you might be able to find your way in because he does have the one lucky genetic aspect that some receivers don't have that can get him up there. But Size. still, it's mm-hmm. everything's going to have to align. You're going to have to exceed expectations and perform very well when, if you overall look at his career, those have been things that hasn't necessarily happened yet, which is what college is for. And since it's such a deep, deep, deep receiver draft with all the different type of situations you want, and you got to think about just the last few years how many good receivers have came in. So now there's even less flooded, holes to yeah, fill. The, the so so like the, every them, yeah. year when you have more depth, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Like if he was a running back in this exact situation with the body frame eligible and to go, I could maybe see because of the position yep. makeup I that saw, you could totally do it, it yeah. and then that place is more churned out at running back. But at receiver, that's probably the last spot you want to go into the draft if you're a marginal hoping that you are the guy that gets maybe drafted a little higher than you should. Also, the quarterback thing knows what, he, what he's thinking too. True. He's probably coming back thinking, man, Sam's gone. That was my sh- Sam was my shot to have a peak year mm-hmm. and then leave. He probably was thinking that beforehand, and then now I got to come back and get. I don't know. Is it going to be Hudson Card? Is it going to be Quentin Jackson? It, yeah. Is it going to be Casey Thompson? Because those then, other receivers on campus are guys that are going right? to fit a young quarterback a little bit better. A guy like a Whittington, a Smith. Well, the age. Everything's going to be funneled through the age because it's easier for those young quarterbacks, and we all know that through the, the Herman Pro spread. So he's thinking to himself, man, I could get, I can get kind of lost. Mm-hmm. In the shuffle here with the running game now being reasserted with Bijan and, and if that's Rojo, the case, it's a better H decision than transfer. Could be. I, say, I, got, I don't know what the young man's thinking, so he could be thinking that too, which that is valid. That is very valid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the hell this offense is going to look like next year. We no, have no we idea. Yep. So if you're at that point and you don't feel confident about it here, <clears> and then you know if yeah. you go transfer somewhere, that's only going to hurt your ability to get drafted in one less yeah. year of earning power. So maybe it is worth it. And I mean, it is at that point that if you can. Go to college to be able to get into your trade sooner. If you're going to put it on your shoulders and be like, yeah, I know it's going to be tough, but I'm ready to go, it's like tip your hat to It's going to be Brendan Eagles betting on himself if he does Pretty much. one of the draft. You know, man, I wish him I wish There him you best. go. Hopefully it works out. Uh, you know, I want to bring up goes. a receiver, though. If he goes. I want to bring up a Big 12 receiver, though. Andrew Parchment at Kansas, I think Rod is a, is a perfect example. Now, I don't think it's going to be this kind of a drop for Brendan Eagles, but Andrew Parchment was a preseason all-Big 12 guy and a guy that I think was on the NFL radar. And Matt, kind of what you talked about, now he's in the transfer portal looking to go play somewhere else. 
at, mm. at, for for one last year instead of enter the draft because you look last year, and granted the Kansas offense in 2019 was not an elite offense, no. but they had a fifth year quarterback in in Carter Stanley who at least knew kind of where to go with the football. Yeah, yeah slinging it around. And Andrew Parchment last pretty year, pretty good here. Yeah, 65 catches, 831 yards, and seven touchdowns. It's mm. good year. His production this year. 24 catches, 197 yards, and two touchdowns. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And probably no fault of his own either. It's just and I saw him. I saw him. You, I saw him he, he had a quote. He had a quote where Man. somebody asked him about the passing game, and it was something to the effect of, well, I know I'm running my routes and I'm getting open. That's all I can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and 100% because, like, not only did that offense get so much worse, but they became oh, even more run heavy, and then yeah. they have a running quarterback. So, yeah. See, yeah, that's what I'm a saying. running seventeen-year-old, so the young man could be looking at that. That's a, that's a bad situation for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and granted, I don't think it's going to be that bad at Texas. Oh but God, I it's, not. yeah, but yo, you could get lost though in the shuffle. You could. Yep. You don't know who's going to emerge on the yes. outside. Young guys coming in. Yeah, you young, can be the. He's like, I dude, can go be that. And young you know who else is league. coming back? Twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, Omiri. Remember coming in, everybody was like, Forgot about that's that. why Brendan Eagles was on the bench initially. Remember, it was like, Great point. oh, this number twenty-one, this freshman just benched Brendan Eagles. He working out. He he's working Outside. out with the freshman now, yeah. and twenty-one working with the first team because he was balling like that, and then unfortunately he had an injury, and then you know, now so you're maybe spot on. He no big boss. Big dog coming back, <laughs> hungry. He are, he probably already hit a schedule. I'm t- coaching. I got there for the bowl game. No, nah, Troy, just stay back. <laughs> still, I mean, not, I don't know. Not not little and, boy, and you know, yeah. with with Brennan Schooler coming back, I mean, I, I want to see what Brennan Schooler looks like. You know, with God, Tom Herman, Tom Herman has a way of just like giving you the medical definition for an injury, or and I appreciate how candid he is sometimes giving injury information. Although sometimes you're like us. Oh, a little TMI, like we talk about Brennan. Mm-hmm. Brennan Schooler had the thigh bruise, like they had to drain, you know, they had to get some pus <laughs> drained out of the thing. Like, coach, just oh, just say it, just say it. Give me the medical doc thing, diagnosis, yeah, just, and move on. Yeah, just 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 candy it up a little bit. Like, yeah. just make it. I don't yeah. want to know about Brennan Schooler getting <laughs> pus drained out of his thigh. It's like it's one of Herman's but, hobbies. Is like the medical injury side of sports. Yeah, he's into it. Or it's like like a lot of the groin stuff. It's like. Pubis injuries. Yeah, he talked about how he was twisted, and I'm like, we don't. Just, just oh, but that's a, like when you talk to a it doctor, makes and it's so coach, direct. I'm doubled over right now because I'm thinking about it. Just yeah, give it, sports hernias. That'll do, that's doable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like literally when doctors like just say something. My God, damn, that that's right. Quite abrupt. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I want to see what Brennan Schooler looks like when he doesn't have that thigh injury, and, and you give him a full year because I think Brennan Schooler, not to say that he's like. An NFL bound guy, but I think a serviceable college receiver, and we know yeah. he's coming back. Yeah, uh, you're gonna get a, another year with Josh Moore. Hopefully, at some point, you get it. Hell, hell, we finally got to see what the offense looked like with Jake Smith and Jordan Whittington healthy and available at the same time. It's pretty damn yeah. good. It looked pretty yeah, good. Like, Five like snaps said, Rod, at the beginning of the year, and you didn't get it again till the very end. You're gonna throw Troy O'Meary in there, mm-hmm. so you know. I, if Brennan Eagles comes back, he's definitely going to have a role on this team. But oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like if he doesn't come back, and you could always you could always go into the transfer portal to get help if you need it. You could. I mean, you got an extra year when you yeah. come back, and just in case it doesn't go well, you're like, all right, yeah, I can go somewhere else. So we'll see what happens with Brennan Eagles. But Rod, uh, you know, as we start to wind down this episode, I want to get your take. And my thing is, I'm I'm not one of those guys that's going to fault, you know college players for skipping bowl games or anything oh, like no. that, especially if it's yeah. I mean, if it's not a New Year's Six game or a, or a playoff game, it doesn't it, 
you know, what are you really there it's for? It's an exhibition. Well, I mean, exactly. and honestly, they're at Texas to be able to get to their next career. So, you know, I have more power to them. Um, but, Rod, where are you at? Because now you, you started the year with seven captains, and you're going to enter the bowl game with one healthy captain because Kerstetter's done for the year with the injury. Yeah. Uh, but the other five captains, Graham, Osai, uh, Chris Brown, Caden Stearns, and Cosme, all those guys are gonna, they're getting ready for the draft. And to me, especially this year, like I said, with COVID and everything else, I don't blame anybody for just, hey, I'm, I'm done with this. Just yep. mentally, I just need to get away from it. Uh, where are you at on guys skipping out on bowl games and not, not finishing it out? Um, man, I remember putting my, you know, when I was in that position, obviously this wasn't a thing. And and it's it, it's 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 so rapidly has it's progressed, right? Mm-hmm. It, I remember when Christian McCaffrey did it and it was a big deal. What was it like five years ago? Mm-hmm. Was that, that long ago? Huh? Not five even. Five years ago? Four years not ago? Not even because like McCaffrey's like not even in that. So yeah. yeah, right? He just signed a new deal. So maybe it was four years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, it's it's crazy now. It, it 2017 was, draft. It was 2017 draft. So it was 17. something only the elite of the elite did at that time. And now it's like, no, no, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I got a chance to go to the league, I'm not playing in that game at all. So I do think it has less to do with the culture at Texas and it's not more of an indictment. And I know there are a lot of indictments on Tom Herman, but it's not another indictment on Tom Herman, in my opinion. I just think that's just the way it is. Now, could you convince some of those guys to play? Maybe, but I doubt it. I just think that's just the way it is now. Uh, and, and you know what? Mm. Keep the main thing the main thing. That's what Pat Riley used to always say. Keep the main thing the main thing. The reason you came to Texas is to go to the league. Win titles, go to the league. Can't win titles no more? Well, I'm going to the league. That's literally everybody on that campus got the same goals. Win titles, go to the league. Mm-hmm. And when you can't win titles no more, let's focus on the league. Keep the main thing the main thing. 100%. And, I mean, there's – you just said it perfectly there. There's nothing else to add on top of it. It can be that simple whenever you look at what their job is. It's like, oh, you've been working your whole life to this, and then you get to the place at Texas that's supposed to be that leaping point, and, like, it should be something that should be embraced. It's like I couldn't even believe hearing people in the middies like, you can go talk him out of doing this. And I was like – my God, like talk him out of what? It's like, so is like what type? So your selfish portal as like a fan yeah. or media member, somehow it's just one of the many examples of like the infrastructure of college athletics and how we're almost brainwashed to like mm-hmm. totally be molded the as if like they're going to serve and you're doing a disservice. Mm-hmm. It's like they've been doing you, giving you your feel good for four years, <laughs> but on their own body, just trying to make it there. And now they're at the literal tipping point. So I couldn't be happier whenever I hear a kid opt out because that just means that they did their job in Texas sort of helped them do their job to go on to the next part of their career. Agreed. I think what what well, to, to me anyway looking at it through trying to look at it through this lens and it's hard for me to look at it through a lens from a fan's perspective because you just get to you cover your you're covering this thing for mm-hmm. so long and Rod you you know it as a as both sides as a player and as a media member one Mike Roach described it to me. I never heard it put this way, but he described it to me perfectly. He's like, once you see how the sausage is made, it, it kind of becomes a little less appetizing. You know, you kind of become yeah. desensitized to a lot of things. Great point. So it's hard for me to look at it from a fan's perspective. But if I'm a Texas fan, I just look at the way these guys played and say, you know what, there there was never a time in the last four years where you could question Taquan Graham's effort. What the time in the last three years where you could question Joseph Osai's effort or Chris Brown's effort? Uh, or Sam Cosme's effort. I mean, Sam Cosme, there were 1,122 guys ranked ahead of Sam Cosme in the 24-7 sports composite in 2017. 
And now he's got a chance to go be a first-round pick, one of the first 32 players picked in the NFL draft. First one. Don't tell Texas. me that guy didn't work his ass yeah. off. Yeah. No, they all did. First one for Texas one since 05. He'd be the he'd be the first, first offensive player offensive player since, since. Think about that Texas that had an offensive player going to first round since Vince Young. Yeah, yeah. crazy. It, that's crazy. Well, and, and think an about offensive that. lineman since Mike Williams. And that was when R.I.B. was, was a, on campus. I was a senior in high school yeah. the last time Texas offensive lineman taking the first round of the draft. R.I.B. was stomping on the 48. Yeah, I think that's it's how long ago it was. <laughs> I think about this. I was playing college football on the PlayStation picking Rod B to win the Thorpe Award. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, I'm, now I'm doing podcasts with Rod B and Texas Dillane had an offensive lineman picking the first round. <laughs> so, and think about it like this if you were somebody like, say, on the other end, like Cosme. And Cosme, if I'm, I believe he was a three-star, four-star, yeah, like three wasn't star. even a big-time recruit. He comes to his dream school. He works his butt off to become mm-hmm. what literally is like the best in the world. At if you can be a top 30 first-round draft pick, you can oh, be no one of the best linemen, best in your age group in the world, even a year ahead of it, and then potentially the only thing that gets back at you is people questioning your love or your hard work. Like, he should be the poster child for what Tom Herman football should be. That you come, you grind, and then you become that one thing you've always dreamed of that we can hold up, and then I will use in recruiting to get the next group of kids to come in. And instead, he can potentially, by some people, be viewed as somebody that's given up on his team or don't care about it. It's like, he should be the poster child of what Texas football is. Yeah, I want to get into this real quick. We got a couple minutes, so uh, I, we we hit the coaching situation really hard last week. Yeah, uh, and I think by the time people listen to this, I think everybody's had a chance to digest the Crystal Conti statement, which was about as clear as mud on Tom Herman's future. <laughs> <sighs> Rod, I think, uh, and you guys feel free to chime in. To me, that statement is one of three things. Okay, Uh-oh. it can be one. It's got to be one of three things. Give it to me. Thing number one, it was issued strictly for recruiting purposes, which I don't know that you really needed to do it because the 2021 class is what it is. And National Signing Day, that early signing period starts this week. Might have helped you with a couple of guys, but it's not – if you just did it for recruiting purposes, to me there was no reason to do it. Hmm. Number two, you're really giving yourself some wiggle room uh, to say, well, Tom Herman's our coach right now. Don't mean he's going to be our coach in two weeks, in six weeks, in two months. And that's that's is what it is. Or it's number three. Uh, Chris Conte intended to put out a statement that said Tom Herman's going to be the head coach in 2021, and he just completely botched it. <laughs> so it's one of those three things. And I'll say this before I give you guys the floor. I think there's two things people need to keep in mind when you're talking about a coaching situation. Athletic directors, powers to be, people that make those decisions, you're always, to an extent, vetting coaching candidates. Should be. Exactly. If you're not doing your job, if you're not. Because yeah. your coach could say could come to you tomorrow and say, man, I've got a heart condition. My doc says I can't coach anymore. I'm done. Go to the list. you got to go to the list. list. <laughs> uh, and that's and and the second part of that is so it's not a surprise. And we knew even other than Urban Meyer, we had reported it at Horse Twenty Four Seven. There were other candidates being vetted, even if it was just on background. Mario yeah. Cristobal, James Franklin, Matt Campbell. So there are na- there are guys that have been vetted to an extent. So that 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 process, I think, is still going to continue in some way, shape, or form. And two, and I think this is really the thing that I think people lose sight of. To me, Rod, Christo Conte is kind of like Bob Bowlesby. Like, he speaks for the powers that be, but he's not the only person in the room making the decisions. Mm-hmm. 
athletic directors don't unilaterally make decisions on firing and firing football coaches, especially at a place like this where you've got so many people involved. Yeah, Yeah. at a place like this less than any other place. Yeah. Yeah, I think for CDC, and that statement, it kind of reminds me of the Urban Meyer, Colin Cowherd uh, interview and Longhorn fans who watched it, right? It, it it almost just reaffirmed for Longhorn fans whatever you had believed previously to watching <laughs> that interview. Read in. So if yeah, you're gonna read into it whatever you want to read into it. If you want to believe that Urban Meyer still bias. coming to Texas, then you saw the interview. You went, you went, man, he still he still wants to coach. He's still coming to Texas, man. Yeah. He's just waiting on us to make a better offer after the season's over. He's still coming to Texas. And you, some people watched it and went, man, he's not gonna coach again. He's just He's just trolling everybody, man. He just he just likes people the were attention. doing that halftime yeah, of the last game right? because he was oozing about Sam. Yeah, so exactly right. So, and I think for this statement, if you believe that they're still going to get rid of Tom Herman and they're still looking for a coach, that's what you hear. You hear that. You hear him being vague, and you hear that he is not supporting his coach. Um, but if you believe that Tom Herman is going to be back in 2021, you look at that statement and go, see, I told you, he's going to be back in 2021. See, mm-hmm. he just told you that and confirmed it when uh, the statesman in Horns 247 asked him if it was 2021 or not. And he confirmed it. So it's I'm with you. And I, it was I think I don't know if it was purposely vague or intentionally vague or he just screwed it up. I have no idea. I'm starting to believe that they don't know how to handle this thing. The truth is, CDC has shied away from big hires. He he, he doesn't mind the hires. He can, go, he can go money whip, right? He doesn't mind those hires. He hadn't really had to make these hires. He made one at TCU, the basketball coach, but I don't know. Didn't that guy have roots at TCU? Jamie Dixon was a TCU guy. Like yeah, that so I make, that made, I make the sales up. pitch easier, right? So I, I he shied away from the shock of smart thing, was saved by COVID, didn't hire the baseball coach, and has backed Tom Herman now. Almost thrice, right? He gave him the extension, gave him the new coaches, and now this 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 backs you know him backing him now a third time. It, it, this kind of goes into I don't know. People view sourced information the way you want to. I, I've been in this long enough to know some of what you're going to get from sources, depending on who the source is. It's going to be kind of putting themselves over to a certain extent. Embellishing. Uh, one, one, one thing my colleague Chip Brown has reported is that Greg Fenvis was the one who pushed for the extension. After the Sugar Bowl, not Chris Del Conte. Okay. Okay. That makes but sense. Still, that's t- on, take that. Take that yeah, however you want. But that's still on CDC. The yeah, public narrative says it. you are supporting Tom Herman. So he's, I think he's waiting. Director. Yeah. That, no, you guys know me. I'm a big perception yeah. is reality guy. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the facts are. Yeah. <laughs> we live in it. The perception is. <laughs> but thanks for the facts. The perception with Longhorn fans right now are that you are supporting Tom Herman. That's your guy. So you know, just right now, when Tom Herman goes down, you probably going to be on your way too. Because you're you're hitching your wagon to his star, yes. and whether you're doing it intentionally or not, that's what's happening. So I hope he understands that, and I do think he's a little shy of making big hires. He's not he's not excited about making a, his first big hire in Texas because right. he hadn't done it yet. Right? Yeah, and those if you <laughs> and make he's it. had a chance to do it, and you know that list, he's not he doesn't want to pull that list out. He is very very weary of pulling that list out. He doesn't want to go. I've there. been told he's got a, like any good athletic he director, he's got. A but list. he don't want to go to. You've got multiple lists. He's had well, a chance to go to it, and he don't want to. You've he, got the OS. I need to do something right now. List. You've got the. I don't think these guys would give me the time of day, but that was my dream candidates list. There's the 
I'm probably have to work really hard, but I think these guys are gettable. And then there's the list no AD wants to go to, which is a all right. This is what's left list. That's a, you get that's fired where you list. get that's where you hired Charlie Strong as option number five list. He said the standard is a top ten program, and your football program is not a top ten program. So I'm just holding you. You're a politician. I'm holding you to your word like politicians do. So sooner or later, we're gonna start looking at you like a politician. And what do we think about politicians? Hmm. Don't They're dishonest, them. and we don't trust them. <laughs> We can't trust the word they say. So CDC, no. watch yourself, man. You are falling. Like you're starting to look like a politician. When in these situations, <laughs> yeah, that's all I'll say. Well, yeah. when you talk about, you know, <laughs> and he, not a good one. Bobby. He hasn't <laughs> went and made that big decision or hired because you know, like you said, you know, you're going to be tied to that, and mm-hmm. it, that's a big risk. Now it can be your home run, and it's either going to be your career move. Or it's going to be something that can get you fired. So it sounds as if he's a guy that's weighing the options and is going very on the low risk because it's hard to get fired. Everything has to go really bad if he still hasn't even made that mistake in the hiring aspect. So I think he sort of was waiting for the home run. And if anything else is there now, I don't necessarily agree with the way that you, you know, the cost risk analysis when you look at it and deal with the situation because staying pat isn't going to ever separate you to become great but it also isn't going to get you fired and is that his priority does you want to make sure he has the job for now so we'll see where that goes and then when you look at it overall on the coaching aspect of it it's like I sort of trust athletic directors same way like with coaches you know like you can always not trust I mean post Saban whenever that happened with Miami it was really the one that you can hear it's a week-to-week basis with these guys now i you know, believe what Urban said is what Urban feels, and it probably is what he means for the future, but things can change, but I don't expect that to, but that's why the door is always That's the thing, open. though. Urban hasn't really said anything. Yeah. Urban has said, you know, he, he's, he's still on the table. It's, yeah. it's, it's compl- on the table. Rod said, no, it's exactly. completely up for interpretation. His actions Well, I don't want to say I'm never, I don't want to say I'm never done. I he mean, it would have, but it would have to be there. So, yeah, exactly. he's, he's, so he left I, a thirst I, trap for, for Texas yeah. forever. Now we're like, oh, you know what? Let's go to Urban Meyer. So, yeah, I'm not saying that's that. his if home he, run. If, if CDC gets Urban Meyer after all this said and done, CDC is going to put himself in the lost dodds is type category for yeah. Longhorn fans, if he doesn't. If he doesn't. Right now, it ain't looking like he's going to do it. But if he does he's that, great, the door if open. he ends up hiring, uh, upgrading in any way, that's great. But right now, you playing it safe. And that's great. Play it safe. Play it safe and become Tennessee. <laughs> Play it safe and become Nebraska. Yeah. Michigan. You know what I mean? Play it safe and because that's what you that's what you right now you're trending that way. You roll the dice so you can make sure that you're a football school. Auburn's gonna say Auburn's right now saying with Gus Malzahn, a guy has beaten Nick Saban, going to a national title, won the SEC once. They're saying, Dog, you ain't good enough. Won a national title, there's a coordinator. <laughs> well, and that's where because You're not good enough, man. And because we're a football school and you ain't good enough. So I'm just saying you're weary of, of, of telling people you're a football school and becoming a joke because that's what happened at Michigan. That's what's happening at Nebraska. That's what's happening at Tennessee. We're a yep. football school. Man, shut up. No, no, because you haven't proven it with the money there, and then that's <laughs> right? where Texas so, can border on becoming a Stanford yeah. where you're almost an Olympic sport academia that's but not what, there in football. That to Play me, safe. there's two things I want to mention before we wrap this up. That What you just said, Matt, that's one thing that Texas – like you said, Roger, you're on the verge of becoming one of those programs, and you, we can talk about the resources Texas has. Yeah. It, resources don't matter if you if your leadership isn't using the resources wisely. Mm-hmm. And at Texas, I think there's a struggle right now, and, and it's been this way, and nobody's wanted to say it, but it's it's becoming it's getting to the surface. Put it on top. Rod, I heard you guys talk about it on the triple option, and BK and Katie and yourself were mm-hmm. kind of getting to this point. 
it's really hard to want to be Stanford Monday through Friday and then try to go be Alabama on Saturday. Nobody else does it. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. Exactly. Yeah, because you have Vanderbilt, you have Stanford's that are like Stanford was the one that was aspiring, and that's why people would be like, oh, they could maybe be the best program if they had football. But like post Harbaugh has been Shaw, it's been a little bit, you know, not the same the last few years. And Texas could get to that point potentially, but if you don't necessarily have an identity and if you're spread too thin and your focus, it sort of can leave you where you aren't good at either. And that's the last thing that you want to be. But that's why yeah, Texas wants to identify with the Big Ten, right? Because the Pac-12, mm-hmm. they're they're too lopsided in academic, yep. so they, they'll never be with the big dogs in football. But we live in the South, and this is Texas, and football is religion. And we are an so, SEC. Yeah, but you're at the SEC. We're not going to yeah. totally give up on our academic values. So the Big Ten is kind of that middle territory. The, AC, the ACC is more like the SEC. The ACC is like, we don't really give a damn. We want to be we want football. So we're, the Big Ten, is. that's why people are saying that it's going to expand, and once you get realignment happening in a couple of years again, that Texas is probably going to lend itself more toward the Big Ten than yeah. anything else because that's their culture. The culture, the Big Ten is, no, no, we still got academic standards, but we also will beat you in football. You yeah. know what I mean? like that's Because like Missouri made the distinction to go to a football yeah. school where exactly. Texas could so have that's been more it. along I think, that line. But you're right. I, I, that's a, I, you said like, it best. To me, yeah. like to me, Oklahoma fits more the profile of an SEC school than Texas oh, does. Oh, yeah. Way, yes, they do. Time. Amen. For sure. I agree with you 100%. Well, Amen to that. And that's why, like, if you want to be a football school, and the Aggies you got were too. The Aggies was like, we SEC. We've been this SEC goes back to what way. we talked about with the Jimbo Fisher <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> there were power brokers at A&M that said, damn it, if we want to consider ourselves a blue blood, let's go act like it. Let's go spend money like one. And, that's and people might laugh at us for spending $75 million Guaranteed. on the head coach. But you know what? If we're ever going to get to that point, this is how we're going to do it. You got to do it. That's how you got to do it. And that's what yeah. Urban Meyer would be. That. Well, but I don't even think I don't even think it's necessarily about Urban Meyer at this point, Matt. Mm-hmm. To me, if no, you're Texas, if you're a blue blood, if you yeah. really are a football school, you can't worry about the money it's going to take to buy out Tom Herman. If you feel he's not the right fit to lead your program, if you feel you've kind of peaked and, and it's not going to get better than what it is, then make the move. Why are you going to prolong the inevitable? That's why I said last week mm-hmm. on this show. If you got to the point where you got the season, where it's a week-to-week referendum on your head coach, don't you already know what the decision is at that point? Definition of insanity, because I guarantee you we will be here again this exact time next year. And that's year. why I said you we'll can't. We're having the same discussion. You, yep. can't bring, you can't bring Tom Herman back, and this is where I would fault Chris Del Conte, because Chris Del Conte is one of the voices in that room. Like I said, mm. athletic directors don't unilaterally make these of decisions. Course. His job, and I'll go back to the Bob Bowlesby comparison. What's Bob Bowlesby's ultimate job? You are the you are the mouthpiece for the Big Twelve. You 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 are the voice and face of this conference. Mm-hmm. You have to present the perception like this conference has its s together. Yes. As the AD, Crystal Conte has to present the perception and give up the perception yeah. that as an athletic department and the power brokers and everybody working on toward mm-hmm. the same goal that you have your s together. We're united. And with that statement out on Saturday. Now the perception is you guys don't have your ass together. Mm-hmm. You might have been united on the same front with Urban Meyer, but now that that's off the table, you guys don't. You guys don't look like you've got it together. BB's out of the box. Exactly. <laughs> that's where I would fault Chris Del Conte because again, I'm a big perception is reality guy, and the perception is you guys. Same, the, the faces and the names have changed, but it's the same deal at Texas. Yeah, none of you guys are on the same page now. That's they, what it looks like. If they if they get Urban Meyer in, then I think, like I said, you were the mastermind, and like I said, the architect of it. Everybody's gonna give you credit for it. 
if even if you kind of upgrade in the coaching, I don't know what they could do, but if you upgrade, but if you stay in like to the status quo, if you stay in with Tom Herman right now, just just know I think your legacy is ultimately gonna be tied to Tom Herman. You, you yeah. dangled you dangled that. You not not Crystal Conte not shooting down the pursuit of Urban Meyer. Yep. You dangled red meat in front of this fan base. Mm-hmm. Not you taking that red meat away. They're hungry. They're hungry, and they yeah. won't. And now you've effed any coach who's going to get in that spot oh, yeah. who's not Urban Meyer or Kyle Shanahan. And they, I think that's why we didn't see a big change being made. And I think that's why in CDC situation now, if this is glass half full side of things, but in his mind he's like, man, well if I'm not going to be able to go get somebody that much better than Herman, I'll just hold out and hope Urban comes back in the next year too. And like that might be the best that decision might. because no. you can't hire somebody new and then Urban changes up. his mind in a year. And then you end up not being able to get the guy you wanted all along. No, you get Urban, and I don't care how long it takes. Yes. You win. There you Checkmate. Go. You that get Urban, even if it takes you a year, you have to bring him back. You got to bring Tom Herman back for 2021, and you end up it's getting like, Herman you, you know, at the end of, 2020, of 2021 or into 2022. Kudos to you. I've heard you, know you tell the story about how you had to win over your yeah. now fiance. Yeah. Like right now, saying. CDC may be that courtship, for a yeah, long Yeah, that courtship time. took that long. You know what? Good for you, CDC, because we didn't see it, and that's why we don't have your damn job. Give yourself a raise, son. You deserve it. Yes. But, if but if you fail, not, you're done. If you, <laughs> but if not, but if you, if you go through this and you bring Tom Herman back to end up at this time next year with James Franklin taking over this program, Ooh, or, oh, Matt, or oh. Matt Campbell or Mario Cristobal, basically like you said, Rod, anybody other than Urban Meyer or Kyle Shanahan. You're setting them up for failure because yeah. people are going to be so critical from the jump. They're never going to give him a true chance. And nope. honestly, that's why people that, – that was one of the biggest reasons why people didn't give Charlie a chance on the jump because he wasn't Nick Saban. He wasn't Nick Saban. 100%. You wasn't Nick Saban, man. And go back go, – just go back to that whole, that whole deal. Once <laughs> the Saban thing was off the table and then it was announced about 24 hours later that Mac was definitely gone, it's kind of, <laughs> well, now what? What what are the options? The hell, man! Should have people think like probably should have kept Mac. Well, and that's sort of what I was <laughs> yeah, just because, talking about yeah. with the Urban because there's that point where you're like, well, I mean, Charlie's <laughs> name was out there, Jim Mora. Uh, it's like, ugh. yeah, it really wasn't anything to yeah. excite you, if anything. I know we're so particular as Longhorn fans. Well, <laughs> well, look shoot for the moon. The, the fan, this fan base is treat, treats this as a football school. Mm-hmm. And, and you dangle that, like I said, you dangle that red meat. This fan base is hungry, Rod. It you is. talk to enough of them. I, yeah. I interact with enough of them. They're hungry. They, they, want, they want a winner. This also goes to the fact that we're bad at choosing coaches, too, because Oklahoma's been choosing assistants that mm-hmm. turn into great, all-time great coaches, you know what I mean, and best coaches potentially in their sports at the time. And yet Texas always got to go get the big name. Yep. Why can't you produce a damn coach? Yep. It's you know like, what a, mean? like a free agent. Go, yeah, why the can't you go find the next up-and-coming young great coach? Why we always got to go get the best coach in college football, the, the great Hall of Famer? We can't just go find a great offensive coordinator who could become a young Lincoln Riley? It's like, no. It's like Texas. Because we are, suck at picking coaches. It's like Texas is the Yankees in free agency yeah. and just throwing hundreds of millions of Adam instead of trying to build it within your farm system. Sometimes our leadership just upsets me. The, the Texas, they really are the Dallas Cowboys of college <laughs> yeah, football. Right. Yeah, the Yankees, Cowboys, yep. Yeah, in the same There's category. the group of power brokers. It's like none of y'all look like you've got any clue on what's going on because you're all going in different directions. <laughs> They're aspiring to be Jerry Joneses. 
Oh, you sound like Kirk Herbstreit now. <laughs> what he say? That bunch of imagine a bunch of Jerry Joneses oh, shouting in your ear. That's I listening. didn't. I didn't. That even was his hear description. That. That's that awesome. Was Kirk Herbstreit. He's like. He's like. Yeah. People talk about Jerry Jones interfering. Imagine ten Jerry Joneses. <laughs> That's what's happening in Texas. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, when, oh, oh, the long And now you oh, hate Kirk Herbstreit. But this is McCombs where ghost yelling. I was on. right. This is yeah. this is where <laughs> Texas is like the Cowboys, and this is why Rod, you, you got you, the powers that be. You got to get this right. Go back to the Cowboys franchise post Jimmy Johnson. You had the the Barry Switzer run where, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys weren't prepared to deal with free agency and salary oh, cap and all no, this stuff. All. So you went from Barry Switzer, then you went to Chan Gailey, and that didn't work. And then you basically Campo? had the tear down under Dave Campo oh. through the three, five, and eleven years. It was as bad as bad as as bad as it's ever been in that organization. And what did Jerry Jones finally do? Swallowed his pride and said, "You know what? There's one guy who can fix this." Yeah, I'm real football man. I gotta go get Bill Parsons. I gotta get a football man. Yeah, one that I know because we screwed it up so bad. That's where <laughs> Texas is right now. Yeah, you been try. You tried it with Charlie Strong. Charlie you tried it with, with Tom Char- Herman. Yeah, Tom Herman. Yeah, it's you know try to get the young kind of up and comer, the guy that oh this could be our Darrell. No, go this could be our Darrell or this generation's mm-hmm. Mac Brown. No, go get you a damn football coach. Great point. That's a great analogy. I like that. Great comparison. So. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we went a little long, but I don't think That's anybody's going to have a big problem with that. Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B on the triple option each and every weekday from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, you can get our archives, our classic interviews and shows. Everything is available on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to search for Longhorn Blitz anywhere you get your podcast. Just by searching Horns 24-7 Podcast to get every episode of the flagship State of Recruiting and Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to like us and leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.